Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your hosts, Gianna Whitfer, and along with us, we have Maria Velasquez, our other amazing host. <laughs> we are so excited to have Darone Youngerwood, the VP of Marketing at Continuity here today. Darone has a lot of experience in B2B marketing. He's previously the Director of Marketing at Sysaid Technologies. He was a product marketing manager in the AI division at Amdocs, and he's also worked at Dimension Data. And he's here to talk with us about a very interesting topic and a very hot topic in cybersecurity marketing today, which is influencer marketing. Before we get into that, though, Daron, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, firstly, thanks for inviting me. Uh, how did I get into this? So I've been working in marketing more or less all my life. I left college and I worked in marketing and I've always worked in technology, always in tech, different types of tech, but that's been my focus throughout my career. But I'm fairly new to the world of cyber. I've been working in this space for about a year, just over a year. And so I think what I bring to this space is kind of a, a mishmash of like the best of other fields, other industries, taking the best of what's worked and also what hasn't worked as well as learning about what keeps CISOs and VP of securities up at night, which of course is a lot. Awesome. Well, it's always good to get a fresh perspective because, and Maria, I don't know if you'll agree with me here, it's sometimes we get a little entrenched in our cybersecurity marketing ways. It's always good to get someone from an outside industry to look in and say, hey, we don't have to do things this boring way. We can take from other industries and other things that we've done. 100%. I agree with you. I think a lot of us do want to do things that are different and fresh. Uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to get out of the traditional way. And then also sometimes if you don't have the right support, it's even harder. So mm. I can't wait to get into this uh, with you, Daron, and uh, give us some tips and tricks for those aspiring marketers <laughs> that want to take this fresh road. <laughs> so why don't we get right into this? So like, why are you building an influencer marketing program at Continuity? There are a couple of main reasons why. And before I answer the question, let me bring in a quote from Simon Sinek. So Simon Sinek, if you haven't heard of him, Firstly, you should be ashamed of yourself because he's awesome. Simon Sinek <laughs> is just a, a guru. Check out his TED Talks on YouTube. He's really, really impressive guy. And one of his quotes really stands out in my mind, which is, our reputations do not come from how we talk about ourselves. Our reputations come from how others talk about us. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to marketing, that is spot on. Uh, especially in the world of, of security. You know, it, the, the security community is a really tight-knit community, probably more so than anyone else. You know, yes, marketing folks, we talk to each other, we collaborate, that's great. But if you look across other departments and other industries, that's not really the case. But CISOs, they talk to each other big time. They have their networks, they have their Slack groups, and they, they have their events, of course. Uh, and they frequently talk to each other. They run ideas past each other. There's no like worry of, am I going to give away 
trade secrets? Am I going to give away like competitive information? Uh, anything like that? They they kind of rely on each other, and so from a vendor's perspective, having success with a a CISO will give us instant street cred, and it's such a, it's such an important part of what we do because CISOs are by their very nature very very skeptical. It takes time to build their trust, so. Building an influencer program, and I'll go into detail as to what that really means, but building an influencer program is, a, is just a critical foundation of what we do. So in the pre-call, um, when we were talking before, you had talked about the difference between organic influencer marketing and paid influencer marketing. Mm. I'm wondering, and you were explaining that you ha- were building an organic influencer marketing program at Continuity. Can you kind of go through the reasoning behind putting in effort to build organic influencer marketing? Because a lot of us, you know, we see out there, there are programs that you could just hand over money to, to start like a paid, (laughs) I see you're smiling, (laughs) a paid influencer marketing uh, campaign to. So, you know, what's the reasoning behind doing it differently? So I I am building an organic one. I should add that there is a lot of value. Uh, in working with others. And I've been using a company called Cyfluencer, which are great. I really, I love them. I think they're a great partner. But like anything, you shouldn't revolve your influencer marketing strategy around one vendor. Like you wouldn't revolve your paid media around just LinkedIn or your events just around one particular event. So like anything, it's part of what we do. And and again, Cyfluencer is is a great partner and I would encourage others to check them out. But like anything, I think, it's it's something that we we want to be unique. We want to stand out from the crowd. There are a lot of vendors in the space. And so what, what does organic influencer marketing really mean? Well, one of the things I've, I've started doing is, just to backtrack a second, we, we understand that CISOs are always interested in hearing from other CISOs, from other peers, right? When you look at, I read a um, SC Media statistic that showed that 64% rely on their colleagues as their main source of information when it comes to security products. And the next popular sources were events, industry analyst reports, and then vendor content. So it's really, really critical. So, So bearing that in mind, so what have we tried to do? Well, about seven months ago, we started to build a new program called CISO Point of View. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to interview uh, a series of CISOs and other senior InfoSec folks. And the idea was I asked them about four or five questions. And 90% of the questions, 90% of the content was all about them, about where they predict the future, about trends. And one of the questions was about kind of our space, not, not our product. It wasn't a product pitch. It was just about the market that we play in. The production was very basic. We had a, I bought a green screen from Amazon. It wasn't like, you know, high-end quality production, but it was good enough. And this firstly had a major impact on our credibility, our brand. And what happened was that the CISOs that I interviewed, you know, they were the hero. You know, whenever they get the opportunity to be the, in the limelight and be a hero and, and give their opinion, because CISOs love talking and giving their expertise. So whenever you have the opportunity to do that, then it's more likely that they are going to share the content. And so when they share content, that really has a significant domino effect on traffic to the website. You see people engaging with their posts online, 
et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing it does is it helps you to build credibility with these folks. Because the next time you want to get their opinion, the next time you want to produce a blog post or a white paper or a webinar, and you're looking for a speaker or a moderator, because you have this relationship with them, they're much more likely to say, yeah, I'll, I'll join your, your webinar or I'll speak at your event. And suddenly, you know, you've got this amazing network and you haven't really spent any money on building it. So that's just one of the things that I've tried to do over the past uh, year. You have spent some money because you bought a green screen on Amazon. All right. Doron. Okay. I bought a green screen. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you got me there. So Doron, this this is an amazing example of a, a platform for CISOs to have a voice and be heard. Um, mm-hmm. But we spoke uh, before in our, in our pre-call about the notion of making the CISO the hero. Um, and so uh, I imagine this uh, program was one way to do that. Uh, what was your strategy in, in recruiting those CISOs? Did you just DM them on LinkedIn? Did you, <laughs> did you slide into the DM? Talk us through that process. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I wish I could give you like this really uh, cool answer, but I just did it back to basics. I reached out to them on LinkedIn. I said I, I, there was no bullshit there. It was I'm I'm building this new uh, video interview or you know, uh, meet the expert type videos where I'm interviewing a series of people. So I, I kind of did give the impression that it was more established than it was. But otherwise, it was, hey, I, I want to pick your brain. I'm asking a series of questions. Are, are you available to be our next subject matter expert? And again, you know, it's all about them. It's not about me. I'm putting them in the spotlight. I know I've said this before, but it really just it's just a game changer. Because again, CISOs, they want to have a voice as long as they understand that I'm not selling them anything. As long as they know it's completely uh, objective, it's thought leadership, and it's not about pushing a solution or pushing a product, then generally they're up for it. That's so true. You usually we're very apprehensive about reaching out to the CISO. Either we're scared or we think they just don't have time or they'll ghost us, but it really is worth to try because you never know when you'll get a yes. Um, so at the end of those interviews, did you give them a little take home gift? Did you send them anything? What was the post event strategy there? Wow, I actually did not give them a gift. You're making me feel guilty now. I, I, we talk about swags and gifts, I think, on every podcast episode so far. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm too cheap. I, I thanked them. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. I, I thanked them and I made them a hero for whatever, 15, 20 minutes. And yeah, that's what I did. And a few of the, the folks that are part of the CISO point of view video series they contributed to another white paper recently, another video. I also took some sound bites from the videos because obviously there's, there's a lot of videos and just producing short videos, short sound bites that just extends the, the life of the content. That's also uh, a big impact of this. That's but otherwise, awesome. yeah, there was, there was no kind of gift or anything like that. Oh, cool. I love the reuse, recycle methodology there of the, of mm-hmm. the content. It's awesome. So I have a question about the lasting impact of the CISO point of view series. Um, Have you found that this new content is triggering influencers to reach out to you organically? Absolutely. And that's the beauty of this is that whether it's Cyfluencer or you're doing it organically, one of the, the best things you could do is have other people share your content. Because it's one thing 
our CEO or our on our company profile on LinkedIn or Twitter, Facebook sharing content, but when it's done by someone else, and that's it's a, it's a great value prop by Cyfluencer. Really, they 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 got a really nice initiative here, which is all about helping expand our reach, helping to build up our brand. So you know, it's a great way to get our content read and shared, uh, and engage with other security folks, and you see it, you see the conversation happening on LinkedIn. When someone shares the content, people are interacting with it. We track the website traffic and we can see the spike in people coming to the website. We can see, of course, we have marketing automation. We have HubSpot. Whether you have HubSpot or Marketo or, or anything else, you can see what's happening on the website. You can see the journeys that they take. And it's really interesting to see not just the, the number of people visiting the website, but also the journeys they take, how long they spend on the website, which other content they engage with, they download, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really, really critical. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a big part of our go-to-market strategy. It's a big part of our brand awareness and education. So you mentioned that, you know, it's not very expensive to do an organic influencer marketing campaign. You buy a green screen, you do cold DMs, you slide into DMs, you reach out. How are you resourcing this internally? And also, how did you first convince leadership that this was something that would be worth putting in the time to do. And I know that, you know, the fact that it didn't cost a lot of money probably helped. But <laughs> money is not the only resource. There's people's time and effort and energy and we're all time strapped. So tell us what you did there. That's a really good point because it can be difficult to justify the investment, the time, the resources, because it's not as tangible as paid media or other things. But the the, the first thing I did was make it very clear that the CISOs are part of this club that they are, they tend to kind of have this closed door approach where they don't listen to vendors, however good the content is, because they're bombarded on a daily basis by uh, SDRs and marketing folks with new messages. And however good the message is, that just because they, they, they have a day job to do, right? So they have to kind of focus on what they need to do to ensure that they are protecting the crown jewels, protecting their businesses. So I used a couple of uh, punchy proof points and statistics to get the message across internally. That the good old fashioned way of trying to pick up the phone, trying to message CISOs to schedule a demo, to book an appointment is not gonna work in 2022. In fact, it hasn't worked in the last 20 years. So in order to really grab their attention and to compete against all the other noise in the market, we need to have other folks support us, help us, and help to share our content, make some noise, educate people about this new solution, this new market, this new pain point that we're trying to solve. And that's really critical. And the other thing, the other analogy I used, which I think worked, but it may not work in every uh, scenario. And I, I used the analogy of a date. And I said, I think I said to our CEO, he probably wasn't that impressed at the time, but <laughs> he, he got it eventually, <laughs> which was, you know, we're trying to build top of funnel content. And top of funnel is all about planting a seed in people's minds about a, an area that they're perhaps not thinking about today. And, you know, like a date, the aim of the first date is to have a great date and then move on to the second date. You don't necessarily meet someone for the first time and then start talking about how many children you want and marriage and where you want to live, right? You're going to freak them out. And so, it's always about let's produce great content that is 
top of funnel. That is educational. It's not a glorified sales pitch. We're not trying to ram an idea down people's throats. We're just trying to raise awareness. And then hopefully they'll be interested in the content, come to the website, engage with additional content. When we send out or publish new blog posts, they'll continue reading the blog posts. And then if you take the HubSpot benchmark of it takes an average of eight touches to go from a lead to a sales qualified lead. Again, it's just a benchmark. That's really what we were working towards. We wanted the people to continuously engage with our content, keep coming back to the website, register to webinars, download white papers, et cetera, et cetera. So this whole uh, influencer program is really a, a critical part of that because we want other CISOs talking about us, uh, driving people to our website and encouraging them to join our webinars. Uh, so, Doron, talk to us about some of the challenges and setbacks that you've experienced while building this program. You you walked us through the successes and how to build a successful influencer marketing strategy. But I know there must have been some challenges and setbacks. So one challenge that comes to mind is it's just the amount of time it takes and the effort. There is effort involved in producing content and producing great, high quality content because ultimately you want other people to share your content. You want to get the some noise out there. So making sure you're being creative and, and finding really interesting, innovative pieces to talk about. Of course, it has to be relevant and timely. So you have to find a, a relevant trend that everyone's talking about. You know, Log4J was obviously a relevant one a number of months ago, but I still read articles that were published a month, probably too late. So timing is always important, making sure that you're hitting the mark. These things take time. So I think if you're, if you're willing to be patient and last the mile, then that's important. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a challenge. It's just a heads up, something to be aware of when you build out an influencer program. It's also important to make sure that the influencer program is not a standalone initiative. It's, it forms the foundation of everything you do, right? It's, it's just part and parcel of, of a broader marketing program. So that's really important. The other challenge is not necessarily related to content. But one of the things we did earlier in the year is build a new advisory board. And again, that was part of our influencer program. In a nutshell, the advisory board was just a, a, a board of six CISOs or former CISOs who were there to help shape our product roadmap, to give guidance internally on go-to-market, on value prop, on strategy, but also be the, kind of the, the, the face, the brand, and the spokespeople of our company externally. So they would speak and present at events, at webinars. They would also socialize and share our content, et cetera. That took a lot of time because of obviously there could have been conflicts of interest. And we spoke to some really great people who did not end up being on our advisory board because of that conflict of interest, because they were concerned that by joining our, our advisory board, that had an impact on their own day-to-day -day job. So we learned a lot from that on making sure we reached out to the right types of folks, the right types of people. But again, I, I think overall, having an advisory board is really, really important for both internally and externally, for both helping to give advice internally because they live and breathe this market, but also because our advisory board are fairly well-known people, they've been in the industry for a long time and they help to spread the love and tell people about this solution that we have to offer. So I think that's really critical. So in a nutshell, no major challenges, just lots of learnings and understanding what needs to be successful and making sure that we're patient along the way. 
And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors and producers, Hacker Valley Media. Chris Cochran and Ron Eddings run an amazing studio here, which produces not only the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, but a bunch of other shows that you're going to want to listen to as well. So all these shows plus more, and then on top of that, probably even more coming soon, are available to look at, listen to, and sponsor at HackerValley.com. Make sure you go over there and say, hey, Gianna and Maria said I should come check out your website, listen to your shows, and uh, sponsor a podcast or two. Your advisory boards are influencers too. Your employees are influencers, not as big, but they're influencers too. So that's a great take on that. So what is your benchmark for a successful influencer marketing campaign? What are your KPIs, your metrics? How do you measure this? How are you saying, you know, we've been running this for X amount of months. We've gotten X number of CISOs. Like what does success look like? There are... The softer and harder KPIs. The softer KPIs are, are we seeing increased traffic to the website? Is that traffic converting into top of funnel leads? And then are we doing a good enough job of nurturing them from lead to MQL to SQL? Of course, that takes time, especially with our business because our sales cycle tends to be at least nine months to 12 so we only started it about seven months ago. So that's one area, right? The softer KPIs and also the kind of the conversations that it, that it initiates online. The harder KPIs and success metrics are the, the meetings that we have and the pipeline opportunities that we generate. So one other vendor that I want to bring up, I mentioned Cyfluenza, I mentioned um, the advisory board, the organic stuff. Another really interesting vendor that's fairly new as well. They, they've been around for about a year. There's a company called ExecWeb. So ExecWeb is basically a new CISO network. They're basically a matchmaker between vendor and a network of CISOs and other senior folks. Now, there are other companies doing this. What's unique about ExecWeb is they take a more of a thought leadership approach. It's not just, hey, we will introduce you, marketing director, to a CISO, and you can spend half an hour or 45 minutes selling the crap out of your company to these guys. No, it's about providing thought leadership. We, you know, they want, ExecWeb want us to leverage the CISOs and pick their brain, learn from them, run an idea past them. So every conversation we have with them is thought leadership. We're trying to explain this idea to them. We're not talking about features and functionality. We're talking about the, the gap in the market. We're talking about breaking the myths, how organizations or how CISOs can do a better job of whether it's ransomware protection or securing their infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing they do, which I think is really interesting, is that they run small, intimate virtual roundtables with up to 10 people. And they have one of the, one of the uh, members of their network will act as a moderator. And they will lead along with someone from our company, which provides a lot more credibility because it's not just us leading the conversation. It's a, a fellow CISO who's a, a co-spokesperson or a co-moderator. So having the, the CISO ask questions and present and get everyone involved adds a hell of a lot more credibility in the event. And it makes it a lot more engaging because other people are more likely to open up, ask questions, give their opinion if the person who's asking the question is a CISO, not just the vendor. And so... The roundtables have been really, really successful. And we, we're seeing 
tangible pipeline opportunities off the back of that. And it's because it's a thought leadership approach, not a sales approach. And that, that's really proven to be one of the most successful things we've done. How do you get the CISOs to trust that it's a roundtable for thought leadership, not for a sales pitch? Yeah, gr great question. So we make it very clear in the landing page, the webinar landing page, the email invitation, the fact that another CISO is the moderator mm. also helps big time. It's not just you know, a salesperson or a VP of product or a VP of marketing who's, who's speaking and presenting. And because ExecWeb also positioned it that way from the get-go. That's true. The, the moderator is, is definitely a big trust point. It's yeah. absolutely true. So I'm going to ask a question that I think is very foundational to this conversation. What is influencer marketing? That is very deep. <laughs> okay. And then tell us about the future of life on earth. <laughs> All right. One step at a time. What is influencer marketing? I, I'm sure there's a, a better de definition that some university or college has uh, put together. So don't criticize me if I get it wrong. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, from a practical perspective, from someone who lives and breathes this on a daily basis, is someone who, who, who leverages a influential subject matter experts who and I've defined influ influential by the, the number of followers on social media, uh, that their network. Someone who leverages these people to help educate and raise awareness of a particular solution, strategy, pain point, product. Uh, and so whether it's a celebrity in the B2C world, whether it's a famous sports personality who's advertising a new drink or a mm. new hamburger, right? It, that, that always helps because you instantly trust the people you I don't know, follow in basketball or watch on TV, right? And then from a, a B2B perspective, it's people who have spent a lot of time in this industry who talk knowledgeably about various security topics. And so it's having them be our spokespeople, having them help to raise awareness of a solution without it being too obvious and too salesy. Lots to That's learn good. from the consumer side, isn't it? Absolutely. And you see it. And, and the consumer world has been doing it for a long time. You know, product placements, for example, you'll see in action movies, you'll find that uh, Jaguar have subtly added their car into the movie or Coca-Cola have planted their drink in a bar in a particular scene in a movie. And it's, it, it, you don't always recognize it at the time, but it kind of enters your subconscious. And it's the same with the personalities, individuals, people, you know, Ryan Reynolds promoting his new gin or other, other celebrities promoting a particular product. And it's, we instantly trust these people. I'm not sure why, but that's what happens. <laughs> I feel like we need a special episode just to run through the Ryan Reynolds <laughs> commercials and advertising strategy and investment in certain tech products and all of that. He's actually great, by the way. He's actually really, yeah. really good. Yeah. He gets marketing. He's very, very funny. And the, the videos that he produces are yeah. just going viral. They're, they're yeah. huge. He did Aviation Gin, right? That's it. The aviation Gin. <sighs> we'll put a link to that campaign in the show notes, everybody. <laughs> So this is uh, my one stupid question for every podcast. I, I'm assuming that Continuity's influencer marketing program is just on LinkedIn, which is the majority major platform that all of us B2 
B2B marketers like to use in our advertising to our ICPs. TikTok, do you think that you'll move continuities, influencer marketing over to TikTok soon? I don't want to say no, because <laughs> there was a time when people said, ah, Facebook is a, it's a B2C uh, channel. It's never going to be for companies trying to pitch to uh, other companies. And that's not the case. So uh, I don't want to say no. Right now, I can't imagine it's a big focus for us, partly because I, I'm far too old to be using TikTok. <laughs> and my kids would kill me. But listen, uh, yeah, I think uh, that the, the lines are being blurred between different channels, channels that we have always assumed are more B2B versus B2C. So I think, I think anything could happen. One thing I would add is that the content is always more important. And the channel, of course, LinkedIn is the primary channel in many cases. Twitter is always important as well. And I'm sure by the time we next speak, there'll be something else out there. But you know, the CISOs are, are very, very skeptical people. And they want credible content. It's always hard, difficult to penetrate the world of the CISOs and their little exclusive clubs. Because in many cases, they have their own Slack groups, which are only open to CISOs, right? It's not open to vendors. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn, of course, is, is not like that. It's open to anyone. But you'll find that there are specific closed-door channels, closed-door events that it'll be impossible or near impossible to try to get to them. And that goes back to the importance of influencer marketing, which is why having other CISOs, other senior security folks talking about us when we don't have the opportunity to is so important. This is that very famous dark funnel mm -hmm. that we love to talk about. It People is. talking about your product and you don't know where or when and you cannot access it. Absolutely. And it, as difficult as it is and as difficult as it is to, to try to persuade the board or the CEO, because of course they want, they want to have access to everything. They want to see data. They want to see everything being tangible. There has to be an expectation that there's going to be a lot that we can do in marketing to help, to influence, where we don't necessarily know where the leads, where the opportunities come from. But it's, it's just part and parcel of what we do. It's critical. I think if we if we go the route of the dark funnel next to the traditional funnel, it wouldn't be a funnel at all. It would just be one step at the bottom of the funnel, right? <laughs> they already know about us. They've talked to their peers and they come to the website and ask for a demo. That's the dark funnel. <laughs> It's a it's a tube. It's a slide. There's no stages. <laughs> and I think, well, you know what you could show to your board? I think if you put, and this is, again, backing up to resources, you put a little time and effort into doing a TikTok dance and choreography for continuity, <laughs> and you bring that, and that would be very something you could bring. Can't wait to see Doron on TikTok doing a few dances. Let's do I, it. I, I can't wait to present that to the board. Let's see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would be speechless is what I think. <laughs> so Daron, this has been so fun. We've loved having you on. Before we ask you where people can find you and all of that great stuff, we do have a question we ask every single guest on this, when we don't forget, every single guest on this podcast, which is, if you were not in marketing, what would you be doing? I would, be, I would be playing drums in a band what type That's of band awesome. you weren't expecting that were you no i mean 
mean, anything <laughs> anything goes really with this question. I think we were always pleasantly surprised, not kind of like, oh, we didn't expect that. I can see you as a drummer. Yeah. That, listen, it's my dream. It's, it, it's my dream. Whether it happens or not in another world, in another lifetime, I don't know. But that's, uh, it's something, it's my, it's my love. It's my hobby. I like to think that if I wasn't working in marketing, that's what I'd be doing. Well, here's how you can make it happen sooner. You can include that as part of your influencer strategy and play drums on TikTok. Mm, there you go. Best of all. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. I'm writing yeah. this down. Yeah. <laughs> and because Maria, because you and I are influencers, I guess, like we can't wait, you know, listeners for you guys to send us your videos of you playing <laughs> drums on TikTok. Yeah. We'll We're include. starting a trend here. <laughs> exactly. We should start a band. Yeah, we need, a soci- we need a society band. I think there's a lot of amazing musicians within the group. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guarantee you'll get loads of people who, who play. I could play French horn. There you go. So we'll have a drum set, a French horn. Yeah. Like It'll <laughs> be no very good sounding. Like, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure how much the French horn and the drums go together. But hey, you know what? I- I'm up for it. Let's, let's try it. The worst comes to worst. It's terrible. But I'm all for originality. I'm all for trying new things. Let's give it a shot. There you go. That's the mark of a great marketer. Open to trying new things and experimentation and then shutting them down quickly when they don't work. <laughs> so, Daron, how do people get in contact with you if, if you want them to? Well, clearly not TikTok. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great channel. Um, so check me out on LinkedIn. Reach out to me. Happy to have a chat. Otherwise, you can email me. Should I include my email address? I mean, it's, it's we're in security, like so to. yes. We're in security, <laughs> so no, surely. <laughs> and also, Doron is part of our uh, cybersecurity marketing society. So if you are part of the group, you can easily find him on our Slack group. Yeah, there, there are not many people called Doron Youngwood in the world. It's quite a rare name. So check me out. Awesome. Well, everybody, you know how to reach out to Daron. And thank you, Daron, so much for being here and talking about influencer marketing with us. We're going to have to, you know, have you back on the podcast soon so you can share more about how you're expanding and growing this program. For anyone who wants to be on this podcast, feel free to send an email to podcasts at hackervalley.com or visit cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com backslash podcasts with an S. We love to have new guests on to talk about the most interesting, innovative, and divisive cybersecurity marketing topics. So don't be shy. We want to hear from you. Also, if you want to send any feedback to us, send us an email at hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Always looking to improve. And lastly, if you're not part of the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, um, excuse me, what? What are you so waiting you- for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Join us at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. We have an amazing community of over 930 awesome cybersecurity marketers who are here to help each other through our challenges, network, provide career opportunities to each other, and chat about the most interesting marketing topics. So join us today, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for joining, everyone. Thank you, Doron, again. Thank you. Thank you.